Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fuck Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, fucked up fam? It's your girl. You already know the motherfucking drill. Um, let's start with personal updates. So I'm recording this episode again. We're in the time machine. I'm recording this episode on December 6, 2022. Holy shit. Holy shit, Just kidding. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> the year is about to end. I recently saw a meme and it's like, I don't think I I don't even remember it, but it had to do with like Christmas is coming up and I haven't bought any fucking gifts. <laughs> um, me and my family do like this um gift exchange in between us. So just like my parents and my siblings and I. And we do like a the limit to a hundred dollars and we just do it through this um like Secret Santa like website like generator and then we just add the things that we want so it's really cool because come christmas morning we're gonna get what we asked for you know fucking even if you've been naughty or nice and y'all better believe that i've been a naughty 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 girl i don't know why i said that either i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that you had to hear me say that um i've recently uh it was recently brought to my attention that i'm not very good at taking compliments however if i do say so myself i'm really good at taking compliments when it comes to like like if they tell me like i'm pretty i'm if if a man well if a man tells me that i'm attractive or that i'm pretty i'm gonna be like thank you i know because i love watching men's egos go like drop to their fucking balls when you're not like oh thank you you're so nice you're so sweet no I know. I know I'm attractive. And what about it? <laughs> and what are we going to do about that? <laughs> but I'm not good at taking compliments when it comes to, like, my work and my art. Uh, so perfect transition, though. But, like, I'm trying to be better about when people acknowledge that I am ta- talented and creative and shit like that. I'm trying not to undermine their compliments or their comments and like accept what they're trying to give me and accept the compliment and a way that another uh, creative artist let me know that they do that is by saying, thank you. I accept that. I I receive that comment, you know, and just kind of like absorbing what people are telling you. And then that way you're not just like, oh no, like, what do you mean? Like, you know, kind of just like putting it under, throwing it under the bus it's is that a phrase is that a phrase i don't know i feel like sometimes i just be inventing phrases uh but perfect transition because my play development course uh with uh at atipico theater in new york starts next week i am really really excited i'm literally working with playwrights from all over the world our cohort is about like maybe 10 people i recently shared it in my um story hold on hold on hold on let me pull it up real quick so there's gonna be one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven people most of us are from the u.s 
We have a person from Chile, from Argentina, from Korea. Uh, well, two from Argentina and then one from Scotland. And then the rest of the people are from the U.S., myself included, the, the beautiful, the talented, the funny. Your host is going to be part of this cohort. I am really, really excited to read other people's work. Um with the podcast, sometimes I just like don't have time for like playwriting or poetry. So I feel like having this uh, meeting for the next few weeks, it's gonna like push me to be more like to develop that creative endeavor, like that creative, get the creative juices flowing. And so I could develop more on my playwriting journey because having a podcast, Having a podcast is a full-time job. Yes. Is it rewarding? Absolutely. It really is. Do I like talking into a mic? Have I gotten really good? And honestly, praises to myself because I, I sometimes re-listen re to old episodes because I just want to see like my progress or like if they're relevant or if I'm really funny. And if I do say so myself, I'm hilarious. <laughs> but... Uh, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, in conclusion, having a podcast that you run by yourself is a lot of work. The goal is to be part of a podcast network. And then, you know, I'm still going to be the host, but I have a, hopefully I can get other people to do the work for me. <laughs> so the only thing that I would do is just show up and just provide my witty ass personality, my sexy ass voice, voice, my sexy ass voice. I damn I struggled never mind they're gonna be like we don't want this spice ass uh not having good pronunciation as bitch to be our podcast host in our to be a podcast host in our network just kidding um hi hi if you um know a podcast network that wants to work with me hi hi <laughs> and that's the Julia Fox um so, yes, and uh, starting my play development course next week. And I just got amazing fucking news, fucked up, fam. I haven't told anyone yet, but I think I told one person. Yeah, I told Don Chamango because I tweeted that I got amazing news. And she's like, what is it? So I just let her know. But uh, my play, my baby, my firstborn, Ashes Down the Drain got selected for a play festival for a stage reading in, in Chelsea, Massachusetts. So your girl, your girl, this podcast host will be traveling to uh, Chelsea in late January. If uh, I was going to say inshallah, because I've been watching Dubai bling, but I'm getting ahead of my recommendations corner. <laughs> if God willing, you know, si Dios quiere, I'll be in Chelsea and I I I thought I hadn't gotten it because the 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 Chelsea from the Chelsea the theater from Chelsea reached out before Thanksgiving and they were like, "Hey, we should be letting you know this week if you got chosen uh for the play festival." And then I didn't hear from them and then right now I literally heard from them yesterday, so the 5th, December 5th. And I was like, Holy shit, I thought y'all had gone with someone else. But what happened is that they decided to extend their play festivals to have like part one in December and have part two in January. And I was chosen for part two. So I, I'm just really happy and excited for like my work and my writing to get recognition. I feel like 
with ashes down the drain, it hadn't gotten the recognition that it deserves. Tamales de Piña, people are liking it, people are reading it. We had the the stage reading on my birthday, but ashes down the drain is really close to my heart. Again, my baby, my firstborn, and I've been working on that play for years now, literal years. So I'm just, I'm just really excited. And I'm not really big on showing emotion, so like, but I am. I'm really excited. Yay! <laughs> Yay for me. Oh my god, I'm so talented. Uh, moving on to personal, nothing to do with <laughs> plays or anything creative. But I just finished my third week of doing Grow With Joe workouts. The only day that I fucked up was on Sunday because I was just really, really busy. But I worked out Monday through Thursday and a quick little workout on Saturday. So I feel like that still counts. Like, I'm going to count that week. I'm starting week four, so I'm still going strong. If you want to join the workout journey, let's do this together. Um... I feel like that would be a lot of fun to like actually like motivate each other to work out. My mom has been joining me in some of the at home workouts. And that's that's cool because she's like we're both like motivating each other. And then we finish a video and we just like like high five. And it's cute. It's cute. I like it. Um, Podcast update. I have still not decided what show I'm going to cover for the next season. Uh, don't come for me. I'll. Sh- I really don't know. I don't know fucked up fam. I'm such a Libra. I hate making fucking decisions. Like who who who? <laughs> Do you remember um that scene in The Wolf of Wall Street when Leonardo DiCaprio uh is going who 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 and his wife is like who 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 are you a fucking owl? <laughs> Good times, good times. Uh, moving on to our recommendations corner, movies. I watched The Night House the other day because I had listened to the episode um, from Ru- the Ruin podcast covering that movie, and I was like, I was just in a vibe to watch a horror movie. Um, it was all right. It was a little, it was a slow burn. I feel like I liked more hearing about it through the podcast than actually uh watching the movie which is really really fucking interesting uh podcast recommendations i just listened to um again the ruined podcast doing god's work um and i think they were in the top 10 podcast category for like a like a magazine or something i don't know um but they just covered this movie called mandrake and it's an irish movie a horror movie and it was really interesting. Like, I was really invested on the storyline and the plot, even though it got a little confusing. But that was a pretty good episode, ladies. Um, TV shows. Bro. Bro. Also, is bro a gender-neutral term? Because I feel like I would juice. I, I would juice. I, <laughs> I would orange juice. Just kidding. I would use bro with, like, anyone you know like I use it with my mom like bro that's fucking crazy like I'd be telling my mom that can you believe that can you believe that that I'd be talking to my mom like that I'm really really dumb um no but is bro gender neutral like a gender neutral term like the same way that bitch for me is like hey bitch no okay I don't know I how did we get here fucked up fam how the fuck did we get here it's fine it's fine it's fine the white lotus has been fucking me up holy shit uh i don't remember i think it was episode hold 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 your horses 
while I look for in which um which episode it was, I might go on a business trip. They told me that if there's funding, I might go to a business trip in February. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. I've never gone to a business trip before. Like, I really, like, how does that even feel? What do you do? I feel like that's so grown up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a business trip. I'm literally almost in my 30s, and I'm still like, oh, my God, so grown up. Um, But the episode that really fucked me up was episode five. That's, it's called That's Amore. That's amore. That's amore. <laughs> Bro, if you're not watching the White Lotus season two, what the fuck are you doing with your life? So good. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Like, I was literally considering doing it for the next season, but I'm like, it's too soon. It's too soon. We got to let it mellow. We got to let it, you know, more people watch it. But it's so good. And I feel like the difference between, like, I know I said that I like that I'm liking season two more than season one. And the thing is, and uh, shout out to Nasty Della because she tw- she tweeted that she's like, oh, who's watching the White Lotus? Because I need to like talk like talk about it with them. And I'm like, bitch, call me. Um, so we talked about it, and she said the first season seemed like we were in, in, like interpolated into the show meaning that we were also guests in the hotel and we were just watching this experience as if we were there and the second season seems more like a thriller and i oh so so much shit is happening fucked up fam like there's so many different storylines and also one thing that is different between season one and season two is the high tension between the like the family's at the hotel, right? I feel like there's still tension, but there is not tension like the one that, you know, the Mossbuckers were having with each other or the tension between the teenage girls or the tension between, um, you know, Rachel and Shane. Uh, So I feel like I kind of miss that. And also we don't have a ticking time bomb. Like I miss Armand so much. We have like an Armand, a female Armand in the newer season. And honestly, she might be a ticking time bomb too, but not those, not in a fun way like Armand was, <laughs> not in like an alcoholic way, not in like a, a addict way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, White Lotus uh, recommend doing God's work. Jennifer motherfucking Coolidge, man. No wonder she got an Emmy for season one. If she doesn't get one for season two, like little spoiler alert, she's out here doing lines of cocaine in season two. And shit, look, uh, next week is the last episode, um, and I have no clue how the fuck they're going to wrap up all of our questions and all the loose ends, but I'm excited to see them try. What else? I'm watching Gravity Falls. Someone told me that, because in Paletras, uh, we were discussing, like, animated TV shows, and we were all telling Mabel, our, like, coordinator, our friend, how the best TV show to have ever been made is... um, and the last airbender and if you disagree that's a red flag if you disagree that uh the last airbender the avatar uh, ang, ang, avatar the last airbender i'm so fucking dumb was not the best tv show ever made i need your address i need you to drop your location give me your fucking pin and i'm gonna pull up and we're gonna fight to the death like i'm sorry i don't make the rules 
I don't. And also, if you ever talk shit about Legend of Korra, my dudes, fucked up them. You know I love you. You know I fucking love you. You know I love you. I adore you. But if you ever disrespect Korra in this household, uh, be prepared to not wake up tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm very passionate about defending my girl Cora. We love a bisexual icon. We love a woman that goes through struggles. And we love someone. We just love her. That's that's it. I'm sorry. That's that's all I have to say. But Mabel asked uh, my other friend, the bestie Mario, if she's like, oh, it's better than Gravity Falls. And Mario said, yeah, it is. But I wanted to give Gravity Falls a try. I like it. But again, it's not better than Avatar The Last Airbender. There I said it. I've also, so someone at work, we went around and we were like talking about TV shows. And I told, not me saying that the uh, episode five of The White Lotus had me shook at work. And everyone just like, well, not everyone. Some people laughed. <laughs> but other people were like, mm, why are you talking like that in this very professional setting? Um, but it did. It did have me shook. But another one of my coworkers said that they binged Dubai Blink. And since I watched uh, Bling Empire, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Dubai Bling. After watching the first episode, I haven't been able to stop saying, Habibi, we're in Dubai. I love it. Like, I love saying that. Why? Habibi is such a, like, a great word. Like, it's amazing. I think it's just, like, the multiple Bs and the I and the H. <laughs> I think it's just an addicting ass word. Uh, the drama is dramaing in Dubai Bling. Uh, if you think it's like a casual watch where you could just like be working and then like have it on in the background, it's not. They're, they talk in Arabic a lot, so you're gonna miss a lot of the drama. So if you're if you're someone that likes to get involved with the drama and likes to know every single detail, this show is not it. This show you need to sit down, be sober, and and yeah. That's how you would experience it. Um, But I think that is all in our recommendations corner. So let's get started with today's episode. The episode opens up and it's 1984 and Constance is asleep in her couch and the TV is on. And we see a bunch of letters with past due bills and it says eviction notice on the counter. And baby Tate is playing all by himself. Tate ends up by the basement door and the door opens by itself and the truck that he is playing with falls down the stairs and he follows after it to the basement. Once down in the basement, he's looking for his truck and then a box drops on the stair and a box drops out of nowhere and startles him and he's just walking around the basement looking scared. He finds his truck behind a table and he needs to crawl down on all fours to reach it. Uh, and from the darkness, an evil face appears and he grabs Tate and Tate screams. Nora Montgomery gets there and grabs Tate and she tells that awful looking creature, no, Thetis, go away. And Thetis scurries back into the darkness. We see Nora comfort baby Tate and she tells him that if Thetis comes back, uh, that if Thetis ever comes back to scare him, that he has to close his eyes and tell him to go away. And she promises to protect him, and he whispers, I wish you were my mommy. And Nora tells him to dry his tears, since life is too short for so much sorrow. 
Present day Tate finds his old toy truck down in the basement and he is startled by Nora crying and he goes over to her and she looks up and sees him and asks and she's like, who are you? And he tells her that that it's Tate and he recites the word that she had previously told him. Life is too is too much short for so much sorrow. Nora tells him that he is wrong and she says that she says that it's an eternity, just endless day and night of sorrow. Tate tells her that that is when he, that is what he wanted to talk to her about. And uh, she mentions how he told her that he made a baby with the lady of the house. And Tate says, Vivian, that's Violet's mother. He says that everything has changed since he loves Violet and that he won't steal her baby brother and how he can't do it. Nora tells him that she can and that she will do it. And she says, that baby is mine. Cut to Ben uh, getting Violet and basically dragging her to his car as he tells her that they're going to go pick up Vivian and that then they're going to come back and pack up their shit and leave to be to leave to Florida to be with Vivian's sister. And Ben is like, I support Vivian's idea. Violet tells him how that is a bad idea and she's freaking out and Ben explodes on her and says how Vivian has been on a psych ward for weeks and how her mother wants to see her and to get in the car and and he and he gets Violet in the back seat and closes the door. Violet tells him how she's just going to lay down cuz she feels sick and then and then as he pulls away from the driveway we see that the Violet is back inside murder house. She's back inside her room and she asks Tate what she's going to say once they come back and Tate is just busy typing away in the computer in Violet's room and Violet and Violet like goes over and she sees that he's trying to spell YouTube and she's like oh it's spelled Y O U tube not youtube <laughs> violet tells tate that they can't that her parents can't know that she killed herself or they will really go insane this time and tate lets her know that she can't control it forever and how it is what it is violet goes into his existential rant about how computers will become obsolete uh, in the future and then they'll ju they'll be just like the other ghostly inhabitants of murder house and she calls the house a windowless cell she asks Tate who's going to show them the new ways of the world, and she says, and he says, oh, no, and Violet tells Tate, nobody here is happy, Tate. Tate tells her that the other ha uh, habitants are not like them since they have each other and that they're lonely, and Violet says that they'll never have kids, and then she hears music coming from another room, and it cuts to Chad and Patrick painting the nursery. Chad makes a comment about Patrick wanting to paint the cribs red, but Patrick reminds him how the twins will be their babies and not just Chad. And Chad's, Chad agrees, and they have some playful banter, and Patrick says that he finds Chad adorable when he is happy. Violet and Tate walk into the room and ask them who, uh, she's like, oh, who asked you to decorate the nursery? And Chad reveals that they're having twins, and Violet makes fun of it, and she's like, oh, are one of the nurses in the basement going to birth them for you? Uh but then, like, Chad, like, spells it out for her, and he's like, no, our surrogate is your mother. And Tate makes a homophobic comment about them being gay, and Violet is shocked at first, not at the, not, not at the homophobic comment, by the way. <laughs> but then she reveals how it doesn't matter, since as soon as her parents get back home, they're going to leave, or her parents are going to leave. And Chad is like, as long as you're here, your parents are not going anywhere. And Patrick assures her that she will be able to babysit her little brothers every now and then. Chad asks Violet if she was born through a C-section because he wants to know if there's already a zipper that they might use if it comes down to it. And Tate tries to act all tough and 
and Shad is like, oh, are you going to murder me? <laughs> we then see Violet smoking a cigarette in the kitchen and Constance walks in asking what she wants. And Violet lets her tells her that she needs help because Chad and Patrick want to kidnap her, kidnap her mom's babies and raise them themselves. Constance assures her how that won't happen, and Violet tells her that she wants to speak to Billy Dean to see if there's a way to get rid of ghosts. And I know last time I called her Billy Jean, but her name is actually Billy Dean, the medium. <laughs> Constance tells Violet that she will take care of it, and she starts walk. She starts walking around the house, calling out to talk to Chad. And Constance ends up in the nursery, and she touches one of the cribs. And Chad appears and tells her that if she touches the creep crib with her skanky hands again, she will end up with a stump. Constance wants to know where he found the cribs, and he just he's just like, oh, around. And Constance tells him that they're trying that what they're trying to do is un unnatural. And she quotes the Bible about how man lying with man is an abomination. And she asks why people like him can't just be happy with pets, and why they have to subject innocent children to their perversion. Chad comes swinging with the facts and says that studies show that same-sex parents don't have a negative effect on children. And Constance tells him that he will never be able to understand childbirth. childbirth. And Chad says that just because she happens to be the hole that her kids came out of does not mean a goddamn thing. And Constance assures him that it means everything. Chad says, yeah, sure. That's that's why I can't walk through my house without tripping over one of your dead offspring. And Constance lets him know that she loved her children. And he says, to death. <laughs> I love it. Constance reveals that he will not be putting his hands on her grandchild. And Chad is shocked. And he asks, are you telling me that Norman Bates Jr. is the baby daddy? Bro, this line, not Chad calling Tate Norman Bates Jr. I'm here for it. <laughs> Chad starts laughing and Constance lets him know that he can have the other baby, the one fathered by Ben, but not her grandbaby. But Chad tells her no since he wants two kids, a blonde and a brunette, just like him and Patrick. Constance calls him vile and how he's not blessed to raise children and Chad reveals that they do, they, that they do not intend to raise them. How their plan is to wait till they're the perfect age and then smother them with pillows and how they'll, then they'll be cute forever. So it cuts to Billy Dean um, inside Murder House, and she's talking about how there's so much negativity, pain, sadness, sadness, etc. inside the house. And Constance asks if she can get rid of the fairies. <laughs> of course, Constance being homophobic. And Billy Dean tells her that it is going to be difficult to target a specific ghost since the place is so crowded. And then we hear Billy Dean's voice. You were so young. I'm so sorry. But only Violet can hear that. And we hear Violet say to Billy Dean to please not tell anyone and that they can't know. Constance asks what they can do about, uh, you know, Chad and Patrick. And Billy Dean says that they need to dislodge them from the evil grip that the house has on them. She says that prisons and asylums and places like, like those types of places draw in evil forces and how you can feel the force inside Murder House and how it wants to live in their world and it's using the people inside the house as conduits. Constance is like, that is all good and interesting, but what are we going to do about the gays? <laughs> Constance literally has no chill she's just like let's get rid of the fucking gays <laughs> tate appears behind billy and billy without even turning to look at him says he can't be here constance explains that it's her son and tate tells her that he wants to help them and billy says you have helped enough 
Tate exits, and Violet wants to know what that was about, and Constant makes an excuse for Billy Dean's behavior, saying that meeting a, sp a spirit is powerful, and it could, like, you know, um, like, throw you off. Cut to Vivian in the psych ward, and Vivian asks why Violet didn't come, and Ben tells her that Violet has been going through a lot. Um, where, where where did I live, leave off? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know where I left off. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, Violet has been going through a lot, and Vivian comments on how she has not been there at all, like not once to visit her. The doctor comes into the room and wants to know how Vivian is doing, and Vivian just lets him know that she's ready to go home. And the doctor asks Ben if he was he's, he was able to convince Vivian to wait out leaving uh, till after the birth, and Vivian just tells him that she... That she he agrees with the fact that she need oh, because he's like, oh, she needs bed rest, whatever. And Vivian says, like, yeah, I agree with that, but I will, you know, I'll get a wheelchair at the airport, and then I'll be sitting in, in the plane all throughout the way, all through the flight to Florida. And since she's only six months pregnant, that it shouldn't be a big issue. His doctor says that her doctor might recommend, and like her OBGYN might recommend an emergency C-section in the next 24 hours. And Vivian tells him that she will worry about that once she's in Florida. Ben is like, he's like confused. He's like an emergency C-section. That's the first time I've heard of that. And he wants to know uh, why Vivian would require one. And the doctor basically explains that one of the twins is de developing at a really rapid rate and that the other one is getting weaker. Ben is upset because Vivian hadn't given him all of the information, and Vivian just sternly lets him know that they will address it once they're in Florida. The doctor says goodbye to them, but before he exits, he tells them that he would check to see if there was a medical doctor on board the flight to Florida. He's like, ma'am, you're going to give birth in the next 24 hours, and you know, if it catches you in the flight, you better be fucking prepared. Back at Murder House, um... Billy Dean is explaining that it's hard uh, to banish a spirit, but not impossible, and how there was a successful banishment uh, back when America was known as the New World, so 500, 500 years ago. Billy explains that back in 1590, and the entire colony of Roanoke died unexpected, unexpected, unexpectedly, and that they haunted the surrounding tribes and killed them. The tribe elder knew he had to act, and he, he casted a banishment spell first by gathering the spirit's belongings and then burning them. Uh, the spirits appeared when, you know, the, the tribe was burning their old belongings because they were summoned by their possessions. But, but before the spirits could cause the tribe any more harm, the elder completed the curse that banished the ghost forever by uttering a single word, a word, Croatoan. Constance tells her that now that she knows, uh, that now she knows what she has to do. So he, she tells that to Violet. Cut to Tate in Violet's room, and he's nervous and pacing around. And Violet comes in and tells Tate how they have to get something important of Shad, like an heirloom or a ring, and something that they could use as a talisman. Violet says that if they have the talisman, and that uh, they that if they have the talisman, and if the, they do the ritual, he will be gone. Tate calls bullshit on that, and Violet assures him that Billy Dean is the real deal, but he is skeptical, and he asks why she acted like that with him when he came into the room. Tate, uh, Tate asks if he did something bad, and Violet just goes tell him, he's like, go get that ring. 
Tate walks into the nursery and Patrick is in there still painting. And Tate asks if the babies will call both of them daddy or if one of them will be the mommy. Tate taunts Patrick and asks if he's ready for all that responsibility since he does not seem like the father fatherly type. And Patrick tells him that she, had, she should have gotten to know him first before he stuck a fireplace poker up his ass. Tate goes on and says that they're all going to be there for a long time so that they should try to cohabitate. And Tate wants to know what he could offer uh, him since even though he's like, oh, even though you're dead, you still have wants and desires. And this piques Patrick's interest. Tate says that being married to, Sh to Chad is probably hard since he's so uptight and how it must suck to have to wait till Halloween every year to get a little strange. Patrick gets up and you think he's going to like make a move on Tate, but he actually punches Tate and says that he can't kill him, but that he can make him suffer. And how the best part is that he will heal up and that he can beat the shit out of him all over again. So, like, Patrick is going in, like, he's beating the fuck out of Tate, and Tate mocks him and says that he likes it rough as Patrick continues to beat him up, and Patrick yells that he's, he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I was going to get out. Patrick confesses that he fell in love and how he was going to be with him and leave Chad, but, Tate, but that Tate killed him, and now he's stuck here forever with Chad. Then we see that Chad appears and he sees like he saw like the interaction, the altercation between Tate and Patrick, and he just walks away and Patrick walks out after him. But and we see that, you know, Tate was able to take something. I think he took a ring. Yeah, he took the ring from Patrick. Cut to Ben and Vivian parking in front of the house and Ben tells her how he's like, oh, you don't have to go inside. I already packed your things. And she has Violet. Oh, um, and. Uh, Vivian asks if Violet has packed all of her stuff, and Ben just told her that he, before he left to go pick her up, he told her to be ready. So Ben gets out of the car and goes inside the house, and then Vivian starts getting a pain in her stomach, and she's like trying to calm herself down, but then she shouts out in pain, and then we see, and then it cuts to Violet coming back inside her room, and we see that she was able to get Chat's watch, and Ben, and then Ben starts knocking in her room, and Tate hides. Ben tells uh, her, he's like, oh, you disappeared on me. And he wants to know how that happened. And he's like, oh, your mom is out right outside and that they have a plane to catch. Violet opens the door and she says how that's good and how they should go far away, but not to bring mom inside the house. Violet says, tell mom that I love her and good luck with the babies. Ben wants to know what the fuck is going on. And he, and he asks if she's high and she's like, I wish. Same girl. <laughs> Ben tells her that he stopped at a red light and when he turned around, she was gone and he wants to know where she went. And she tells him that she did not go anywhere and how she was right there in the house. Oh, that breaks my heart for some like reason. Well, I mean, it's not like a weird reason, but like it breaks my heart because Violet's dead. <laughs> Violet tells him that she wanted to go, but that she couldn't. And Ben does not believe her. And he, he wants to know what drugs she's on. And Violet yells out that she's dead. And that once you die in the house, you don't get to leave. And how that is why they need to, they need to get like out of oh, my page just refreshed. So I lost my nose. I'm so sorry. Fuck the fam. <laughs> All right, I found my place in my notes again. So Violet tells her dad that she's dead and that once you die in the house, you don't you don't get to leave and how that is why they need to go and get Vivian somewhere safe. It then cuts to Vivian outside and she's in pain and she manages to get out of the car and she's yelling so loud that Constance like hears and she goes towards her and asks if the baby is coming and Vivian just tells her no and how it's too soon. 
But Constance tells her that when a child is ready to be born, there's no stopping it. And Constance, Constance basically drags uh, Vivian back inside, back into the house. We, we uh, So then it cuts to Ben basically dragging Violet downstairs and she confesses that she took some pills and how she didn't want to kill herself. And Ben hears Vivian screaming out his name. Vivian's water breaks as soon as she walks into the house and she exclaims how the babies are coming. We see uh, Vivian laying down on the couch and she says how she needs to get to the hospital, but Constance tells her that it's too late for that and that she's already crowning. And Ben says that, the, that he's going to call the doctor right away and Constance reminds her to breathe. Violet is just watching from afar and she looks to be in shock and Constance reminds her that she needs to do the banishing spell to get rid of Chad and Patrick to make it safe for her mother. We see Ben trying to make a call, but none of the phones in the house are working and he does not have service on his cell phone. And then he hears glass breaking, like, like the sound of glass breaking. And when he looks out the window, he sees the ghost of the twins hitting the car with their bats and punching holes on the tires. And he yells at them to get away from the car. And as they start walking back towards Murder House, he notices that they're basically dead and they have wounds all over them so that they're ghosts. Then the power inside Murder House goes out and Constance comes over to grab Ben and she's like, it's time. Ben walks over to where Vivian is screaming and the ghosts of the house are all there. Well, some of them. Uh, Dr. Montgomery is yelling to the nurses to get him his doctor bag and his scalpel as Ben says that everything is wrong and how they have to get out, out of there. Dr. Montgomery is shouting out orders as, as Ben is just staring and he begins to put two and two together. And he finally realizes the house is fucking haunted. Finally! Constance slaps him so that he can get his shit together as Vivian yells out for him. And Constance is like, the house is trying to help and how he is no in no position to refuse that help from the house and to go sit by his wife's side. Vivian notices that the people helping are weird, basically that they're dead, and she asks who they are, and Ben just reassures her that they're there to help them. And Vivian says how she forgot how painful childbirth, childbirth was, and Constance whispers to Dr. Montgomery if he has a little something to take the edge off uh, for Vivian, and he says that he has ether. Ether. And they put the ether mask over Vivian's mouth and she calms down instantaneously. But then she feels another contraction coming and she yells out even louder as Ben tells her to hang in there and to give her and to give him one more push. And Vivian is crying as Ben is trying to remain calm and telling her to remember her breathing. And then we get a flashback to when Vivian had Violet and it's a complete a complete black and white shift. So like the horror of giving birth in like murder house and then versus like how light and um like calm the situation was inside a hospital when she gave birth to Violet. Vivian whispers over to, to Ben that she never wanted to lose him and we're seeing back and forth scenes of Violet's birth and the twins' birth and then we and then we see that back in present day one of the babies is born but it's still born. And Vivian asks if it was a boy or a girl. And Dr. Montgomery takes the stillborn baby away as Vivian is asking if she can hold it. And then we see Dr. Montgomery take the stillborn baby to Nora, uh, his wife. Then Vivian gets another contraction. We then see Violet put Patrick's ring and Chad's watch inside the furnace and Chad appears and he asks what she's doing and if she's really putting his $12,000 watch on the furnace. 
And then Violet yells out Croatoan over and over again. And Chad begins to seize, but then he starts laughing as, uh, and he asks, he's like, oh, where did you get that one from? Violet is upset that the spell did not work. And Chad calls it bullshit and that people make up these spells in order to think that they're in control. Chad breaks some wood off uh, that he was carrying and Violet wants to know what he's doing. And Chad says that he's doing his own ritual since there will no longer be a nursery since Patrick got cold feet. So the twins are safe from them, but that but he is just doomed to spend eternity with a man that does not love him. But that, of course, it could be worse because her man. So he's like talking about Tate. Her man does love her, but he will always be a monster. Ooh, it's about to get spicy. Uh, Violet tells Chad that he's wrong and how Tate has changed and that he doesn't even remember what he did. So she's like talking about the school shooting and Chad wants to know when he changed and if it was when he murdered him or when he murdered Patrick or if he changed when he raped Vivian. Bruh. Violet calls that a lie and Chad asks, is it? As we hear Vivian screams and Chad continues, well, you're about to find out. We're back to Ben telling Vivian to breathe as she's having complications and Vivian is crying out in pain, saying that she can't do it. Dr. Montgomery tells her that she needs to stop pushing for a bit while he gets in there to try to shift the baby. And once he does, she shouts out in pain. And now he's like, yo, now you're ready to push. And Vivian screams that the baby is ripping her apart. Then we hear the sound of a baby crying and Ben kisses Vivian's head, but Vivian is out of it. And Dr. Montgomery mentions how she's bleeding a lot. Vivian asks to hold the baby, but Constance tells her that she will wash she will wash him up and, and then bring him back. Ben asks the doctor if everything's all right, but Vivian is bleeding a lot. Then we see Constance cleaning the baby up and Moira appears from behind her and she's crying, saying how that is the most beautiful baby that she has ever seen. And Hayden appears and she says, hey, bitches, did you get all of that slime off of my baby? Cut back to Vivian and the doctor says that he can't stop the hemorrhaging and how Vivian is going into shock. Violet appears and she tells her mom how sorry she was that she did not go see her at the hospital and that she wanted to, but that she couldn't. Ben tells Vivian to concentrate on his words and how they can be happy like how they were before, before his mistakes, before the house. And Violet, tell, and Violet tells her mom that if she's in pain, she can let go. And Vivian responds, I don't think I have a choice. Right in this moment, I notice that Ben is unaware that Violet is also there. So she appeared before Vivian as a ghost and she tells her to come over to her side as Ben pleads with Vivian to stay there with him. Violet says, let go. You can be with me. As Ben tells her not to go and how they can still have a life together and be happy. Vivian dies. And then all of the ghosts that were there before have disappeared and Ben is left alone with Vivian's body. Cut to Violet going up the stairs and Tate is in her bed and she tells her she tells him how her mom is dead and Tate tells her how he is sorry and how he knew that they were close. Violet tells him how her dad is now all alone downstairs and Tate comments on how that makes him sad since her dad was always nice to him and Violet says, he is nice to all of his patients, even the ones that lie to him. 
Violet wants to know why he started seeing him in the first place since Tate already knew that he was dead. And Violet asks him if he knows why he died. And Tate tells her that the cops shot him. They're in the room that they're in. And Violet asks why they shot him. And Tate responds that he does not know. Violet finally breaks the news to Tate that he murdered people. Kids, just like them. The kids from Halloween. Tate asks why he would do that as he begins to cry. And Violet tells him that she does not know. And she asks, why did you kill the couple that lived here before us? Why did you rape my mother? And Tate just utters a no as he continues to cry. Tate apologizes and says that he was different then. And Violet tells him that she used to think that he was like her. That they were attracted to the darkness and the occult. But that now she can see that Tate is the darkness. Tate makes an argument that before Violet, he only knew darkness, but that Violet changed him and how she's the only light in his world. Violet tells him that she believes him and that she loves him, but that she can't forgive him and that he needs to pay for what he did. All the pain he caused, all the sorrow and for murdering her mother. That the baby he put, it, he put inside uh, her mother killed her. Violet tells him that he she can't be with him anymore and Tate wants to know what she means and Violet says what I'm what I mean is go away Tate tells her not to do it and Violet yells at the top of her lungs for Tate to go away over and over again and she closes her eyes and when she does Tate is no longer there and she's just sobbing quietly and honestly it's the saddest sob in tv history look at me like my voice is breaking just remembering but then vivian appears behind her and embraces her and tells her that she was very brave and that she's proud of her violet tells her mom how she's so sorry that she had to die and that she lost her baby and then vivian tells her but i did not lose my baby end of episode all right fucked up fam let's get started with our segments first uh that character fucked up and the first things first constance miss constance girl (laughs) talk about being a neglectful mother talk about neglecting your child and then causing him so much trauma um and that's why a lot of people shouldn't have children if you were not if you are not mentally okay to like take care of yourself what makes you think you should be taking care and raising children not just one child not just tate but children plural plural miss thing and then you being a horrible mother led to Tate having mommy issues and wanting to please all the female ghosts in the house. And that's how he ended up uh, telling Nora that, well, I mean, Nora did like tell him how to like not be like show him how to like vanish the ghost or like so they could leave him alone when they're scaring him so she did teach him that but then just like by that one act he's like a hundred percent loyal to Nora a ghost in the house 
and which led to him raping Vivian and uh, so that she could have a child so she he could give to Nora. And it also led to him murdering Chad and Patrick So because they weren't getting a child anymore. So there was no reason for them to live in the house. So And that if they were dead, a new family could move in. So I think the... the <laughs> The character who, like, fucked up the most ever. I mean, it usually goes to Ben, but this time, this episode, it's a very special episode because it finally goes to Constance. Oh, my God. Constance, Constance, Constance. Again, does she love her kids? Yes. Is she a bad mother? Yes. Both of those things can be truthful. Both of these things can live uh, within a person, you know? She is a multifaceted individual. Yes, Miss Constance, darling. <laughs> um, I think this uh, for this next one, this was a fuck up. Uh, and it is Violet not being honest with her dad from the start that she's dead. Like, he's, like, dragging her to the car, get in there. And she's, like, making up excuses as to why she can't go. Like, I get it. Like, maybe her like what was she thinking she's like they can't know that i'm dead blah 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 they need to leave blah 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 and girl you're not gonna convince your parents to leave la without you you do get that right like get that through your fucking mind e either you're dead or alive i think it would be easier to move for them to move on if you're dead obviously however This is not the case because when you're dead in murder house, you are alive. Well, not your ghost lives on within the co constraints of the house. So I guess I'm, I'm like, I'm like playing devil's advocate here. Violet did not want to tell them because if they knew that she's a ghost, she, her parents are not going to want to leave the house. And therefore the house has this like grasp on the Harmons and then their life is always their life is going to continue to be in danger as long as it's, they're in the house especially with Vivian being pregnant with the fucking antichrist but I yeah I don't know because Ben is dumb man <laughs> I was trying to find like the right words like to sound like professional but the only word that came to mind is dumb that man is dumb i'm sorry it's the truth i do not make the rules uh god makes the rules and he made this man dumb this fictional man dumb <laughs> i can't with myself so like i but you you He has eyes. This dumb man has eyes. And if his daughter were to like prove to him that she literally cannot leave the cons the con the what? I'm trying to say constraints. Constraints. Is that a word? Hold on. Give me one fucking second. The constraints. What is it? Yeah, the constraint. Con <laughs> I'm like reading how to pronounce this. Constraints. Constraint. The constraints. I don't think that's how that's spread. Take like five shots, fucked up them. I'm so sorry. So, but Violet could have very easily proved to him that she is literally not able to leave the house. I don't know why I'm trying to use fancy words with y'all. Like y'all know me too well to know. 
that I do not use that word in my day-to-day vocabulary, but she could have shown him and maybe it would have gone through that little head of his that, you know, the house is haunted. Instead, he fucking realized the house is haunted right as his wife is giving birth inside the house and then she dies. Oops. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. I'm already done with the episode. You know what happens. (laughs) So maybe if Violet had been honest with him from the start, I mean, she could have shown him like, hey, like, look at me trying to leave and then she's back in the house and it's like (laughs) an optical illusion he's like nah you're no ben would have found like something to explain what was happening he would have find he would have found like an explanation as to why when violet tries to leave she's back inside the house miraculously back inside the house he would have not believed it i feel like but violet had like two options either show him that like her trying to leave and then being back inside the house or she could have shown him her body but then that would be a trauma for life i mean how long is ben's life (laughs) i snorted holy shit (laughs) i'm so sorry that's probably sounded disgusting i literally cannot speak i can't speak i'm so sorry i'm so sorry darling um so yeah either show your dad that you can't leave and then he thinks you're like a fucking magician or show your dad uh the de- your dead body under the house and then traumatize him for the rest of his short very short life i don't know devil's choice at this point like who the fuck cares <laughs> and uh, i mean we can't do uh that character fucked up segment without you know mentioning dr ben Harmon, the ben Harmon. bringing your wife back into the house mind you he he did not know what was gonna happen right and he didn't even let her like let her get inside the house so he was like i think he was pretty aware but he didn't take into consideration that one his daughter is dead two uh his wife was raped by a ghost and now it's giving birth to the antichrist three the house has a fucking grasp on vivian because she's carrying the antichrist four i have no clue where the fuck i was going with this fucked up fam oh yeah so yeah i'm not blaming ben but but (laughs) this this would have never had happened if he hadn't stuck his dick in Hayden like it all goes back to that it all it's like a cycle like everything that goes wrong always goes back to Ben being a fucking man whore and sticking his dick in that um college girl I'm leaving like like silences so like what I'm saying can land I can't deal. Why am I like this? Why the fuck am I like this? Um, so yeah, he shouldn't. He should have just driven her straight to the airport. Even though I, the Antichrist inside Vivian, aka the baby, aka the fetus, would have found a way back to murder house some way somehow. I don't know, but then Constance, 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 you sneaky, sneaky little snake. 
um yeah she's like kind of she wasn't the one orchestrating it but she was like guiding vivian back into the house and then like all the ghosts get there when they like start trying to help this woman give birth but i think like either some of the ghosts were like kind of teamed up with hayden or some of the ghosts teamed up with uh dr montgomery and i think the nurses teamed up with him so that he could give one of the twins to nora which he does and like ends up doing so everyone had like a like a like an agenda I mean, Chad and Patrick were probably also going to fight for one of the, or both of the twins, actually. He did say that he wanted a blonde and a brunette one. So everyone had a different agenda. But I have no clue. I'm, I just be going, I just be talking. I just be talking into my mic and not knowing where the fuck I'm going. But I'm going to lead you somewhere. I'm going to lead you somewhere. Bear with me, fucked up fam. Like I, like I always say in every episode, this is part of the shared psychosis. Like we're experiencing psychosis together and I'm giving you an inside look inside my brain and what the fuck is going on in there because I, sometimes I don't even know. I literally have no clue what's go, what goes on in there sometimes. Sometimes there's nothing and sometimes there's way too much shit going on. Like right now I feel like I'm talking like a mile a minute and I, I have no clue why. Yeah, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but in conclusion, uh, Ben fucked up because he brought his wife within the vicinity of Murder House, uh, and it's a haunted house. And he also fucked up. You know what? You know when like the phone lines go down, the lights turn off, the the um ghost twins like fuck up the car so Ben isn't able to leave, sir. Sir, you have neighbors. Sir, you could have literally ran to one of your neighbor's house and be like, uh, I need your phone ASAP. You could have literally ran next door to Constance's house. Constance doesn't lock the door to her house. She doesn't. She's a Southern Belle. Do you think Southern Bells lock the doors to their house? No. Um, You could have done, like, so many things. And then he chose just to, like, shut down again the trauma your wife is giving birth to twins at her at six months of six months and then all of a sudden your house is full of people that you've never seen before and they're all dead and they're all wearing like old-timey clothes and they're all wearing old or using old-timey tools like dr montgomery was using like either ether ether (laughs) not either (laughs) So I guess it's normal for him to like disassociate, but Ben, you needed to do better. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, let's move on to the Savage of the Week award. I think I wanted to give it to two people. So the first one I want to give it to is Chad. Chad for that Nor- that Norman Bates Jr. line. Oh my fucking god, Chad. So funny. I love it. It's so funny because uh Vera Formiga is so the actress that plays Violet, her name is Ta- Taisa Formiga. And her sister is Vera Formiga that plays um the mom in Bates Motel. 
and I always make fun of the mom from Bates Motel by the way that she cries. It's so funny to me. It's so funny to me. But then, you know, like she's a mom of Norman Bates and then Tate gets compared to Norman Bates Jr. I just thought I would talk. I would mention the connection that I saw between these two shows and like these two actresses because they're literally sisters and they were sisters. Just kidding. (laughs) So, yeah, the Norman Bates Jr. part. And honestly, Chad is the real MVP because he was the only one out of all the fucking ghosts in the house that had the guts to tell Violet what the fuck happened and who the fuck Tate is. He was, yes, it was in a spiteful way. Like, yeah, um, I'm married or like I'm destined to spend eternity with a man that doesn't love me. But guess what, bitch? The man that does love you raped your mom. Mic drop literal mic drop i would drop my mic right now but it was expensive i didn't pay for it it was a gift but i know it was expensive so i'm not gonna drop my mic and ruin the sound for y'all literal like silence yeah your man loves you but guess what and then when violet tries to defend him like oh yeah he was a good person when he murdered me and my husband he was a good person uh when what did he do what else did he do because he gives two options he gives like two different because violet violet says that you know he like tate doesn't even remember uh him like shooting up the school and he gives two other options before he mentions the rape because he mentions murdering chad murdering patrick I can't remember right now, but we literally just listened to that. But it, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But yeah, shout out to Shad for being a truth speaker, for telling Violet she deserved to know. Amen. Oh, my God. Ew. And she had sex. She had S-E-X with him. Ew. Fucked up, fam. Ew. I had never even thought about... Uh, Oh, just kidding. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for Yangi um, in front of my mic. But that is disgusting. The trauma. The trauma that Ghost Violet experienced when she found out. Like, she literally had sex with the first time ever with Tate. And then she found out Oh, my God. Fucked up, fam. Tate is literally Vivian's baby daddy. Well, not really because it's obviously rape. Uh, But (laughs) so (laughs) I'm like, is Tate Violet's stepdad? I just (laughs) I can't. Violet's son is, I mean, Tate's son is literally Violet's half bro, bro. Okay, let me repeat it again. Tate's son, 50% Tate, 50% Vivian, is literally Violet's half brother, aka 50% Vivian, 50% Ben. No. Yes that's insanity to me i had i had never even had that thought before wow 
man disgust me man man if you're listening to this uh if you're listening to this tiny little podcast this beautiful little podcast hosted by uh the beautiful the talented the funny me myself and i do better go to therapy do something to better the world because right now right right now you're either a tate langdon or a ben Harmon in my world <laughs> what's worse no i think tate is worse no tate is 1000 percent worse i mean ben is an asshole but i mean so are most men so yeah do better Thank you. Thank you. And I think the other savage of the week, uh, I want to give it to Violet because when she found out she was pretty stern about her decision to cut off uh, Tate, like she didn't wait for an explanation. She's just like, brought leave. She closed her eyes. She used the technique. She's like, leave me alone. She used the own technique that he taught her against him. And if that's not bad bitch energy, if that's not bad bitchery, I don't know what is. And again, here in the uh, That Show Fuck Me Up community, in the That Show Fuck Me Up fandom, we give respect where respect is due. And right now, girl, Violet, Violet Harmon, she's a baddie. She's a thousand percent a baddie. She is uh, iconic. We should, women all around the world should learn from Violet Harmon because she takes no shit from a man. She found she she found out her man uh cheated on her. <laughs> she found out her man was a piece of shit, trash, white trash. Yes, is Evan Peters hot? Yes. Does that excuse what Tate Langdon did? No. As I've gotten older, I've realized that man being attractive, like even in TV shows, doesn't excuse their actions anymore. Like, would I hook up with Tate Langdon? Nah, he's just too sad. He's too sad. I can't with sad, sad dick. I'm just <laughs> but honestly, because I'm just so disgusted by man's actions. When I see him fuck up on a TV show, I'm like, uh, you were cute until you did that. Let me give you some examples, okay? Um, Steven from Tell Me Lies, so fucking hot, but he was such a manipulative piece of shit. I'm like, ew, disgusting. Who else? Um, oh, in the White Lotus, was what was his name? Ben? The British dude. The British dude on season two. Hot. The way he acted, piece of his shit, trash. Um, I, in the movie, not okay. Uh, that that one guy from what's his name? That Hulu movie, not okay with. Oh shit! Hold on. <laughs> not oh, he's that one guy from. Dylan O'Brien. I was gonna say the Teen Wolf guy. So hot, but the way he acted, trash. And I feel like before, when I was a teenager, I would be like, oh, my God, like, no, like, I would defend the guys, like, oh, but they're, like, just troubled, and they're, like, you know, like, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say, and they're suspicious. <laughs> I don't, but that's not the word. <laughs> but, yeah, it's called maturing. And if you still think all of these men are hot and can do no wrong in the their respective shows or movies, I 
don't think you've matured, maybe you should seek help. <laughs> I can't. All right. You know what? I've been talking for way too long. I'm getting way too comfortable in front of the mic. I thought, look, I thought today's like wrap up of like the episode was going to be so fast. And here I am, 21 minutes, almost 22 minutes later. But you know what? I won't take up any more of your time. So, as always, thank you so much for listening. Fucked up, fam. Where would I be without you? I would probably just have more more time on my hands. <laughs> But again, I love talking nonsense into my mic and having y'all hear it. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you. And you already know the drill. Uh, follow the podcast on social media, on Instagram, where that show F'd me up. F'd is spelled E-F-F-E-D. On Twitter, where that, D-A-T, show fucked me up. Fucked is spelled without a U, so F-C-K-E-D. Give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, by you leaving a review, it helps with the visibility so other people can join the fucked up fandom. So other people can like experience our shared psychosis. I feel like everyone in this world should experience the shared psychosis at least once in their pathetic, sad little lives. Just kidding. Um, your lives are cool. Your lives are amazing. Yeah, we're all amazing. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I, I did not mean that fucked up, fam. Um, it, it's just part of the of the shared delusion. It's just part of the shared psychosis. Trust me. Uh, but yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. You don't know what it means to me. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.